Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 191 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip. How are you all doing? It's lovely to have you all here. I've just, I've literally just got back from recording this one and my traps at the moment are like a, a roided wrestler. They look like, for the wrestling fans, I know there's a few listening, I'm like Brock Lesnar for the MMA fans, I'm like Yoel Romero, and for, I think that's all the fans I can cover with big traps. But I, I've probably not mentioned it in a while. I used to mention it all the time in the early days, but uh, when I go and record these podcasts, I carry a ridiculous amount of kit in like a bright yellow Pelly carry case, which hasn't got, got wheels or anything. It's too heavy duty to have wheels. So if I have to do a lot of walking like I did today, ye gods, my shoulders get swollen and ridiculous. So that's what you're dealing with right now. But you're glad I've told you that. Today's guest is the wonderful and hilarious Chris Ramsey. Uh, we've been lining this one up for ages. I've probably teased it a few times and not got round to it, but it's a cracker. Before we get into it, I should mention that we're sponsored as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. Um, I'm hoping, oh, I don't know if I should mention it or not. <sighs> I'm recording this intro um, a week early. And hopefully in the next couple of days, I will be able to announce and put on sale the brand new bit of merch I've been teasing you all about at speechdevelopmentrecords.com. And that bit of merch is we're releasing these awesome black denim jackets uh, that have patches on the back that say, oh, we may not be for you and that's fine, which is the speech development records uh, slogan. And they got a little speech development um, badge on the front. It looks awesome. They're really cool. I can only afford to make, I think we've made about 150 or something like that. So, so yeah, they're super limited. We may not do more of them. Yeah, I've kept them as cheap as I can. I think we'd, Honestly, I think we've made 150 and I only start turning a profit after we've sold about 120. So it's a fine margin. <laughs> but screw it. You lot know that when I get excited about merch, it's exciting to do unusual and weird stuff. And I've not seen anyone doing these cool kind of biker gang type jackets. And I'm dead pleased with them. So hopefully they're available now. If not... Keep an eye out, they'll be up in the next few days. Um, but yeah, this was a lovely podcast. I love Chris dearly. He's, 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 he's such a good dude and such a friendly dude. It's beautiful because I always forget that he's into my music. And in this podcast, it comes up a few times. And it's kind of, it's lovely because you forget that people that you admire in some way might slightly admire you as well, which is, I that honestly never seems to cross my mind so it's always a lovely surprise oh when that happens oh i know what i'll tell you about the other week i went to a polaris pro um brazilian jiu-jitsu event it was fantastic it's the first time i've been to a live bjj event and i can't recommend it enough i'm walking i'm pacing around my house that's why you can hear creaks in the background because i'm all pumped up from carrying that bag um so i'm a bit a bit out of breath a bit charged on adrenaline um apologies for the rambliness of that but yeah i recommend that it was awesome um and while i was there i bumped into my good pal michael venom page 
who's one of the greatest MMA fighters in the country. Uh, I'm going to do a podcast with him soon. I bumped into Mark Goddard, who's, in my opinion, the best or one of the best refs in mixed martial arts in the world. So I'm going to do a podcast with him soon. I'm thinking of doing them both um, that first a, a, a week in April when we've got Habib Nurmagomedov against Tony Ferguson, which is the most hyped I've been for a fight possibly ever. I'm more hyped for that than I was for McGregor, Mayweather, everything else. It's amazing. So I was thinking of doing an MMA w- a, a week so that all you MMA heads can get excited because the guests are great. I mean, the guests will be great regardless of if you're into MMA or not. It's fascinating to hear the judging's side of things and the training that goes into that and the education um, and the safety, the huge focus and emphasis on safety, which a lot of people think isn't in mixed martial arts, but it truly is. And also Michael Venom Page, his main influences in his fighting style, he will tell you, as I've discussed it with him before, a street fighter and Tekken, and he's become one of the best in the world. So so that'll be fascinating for MMA fans and non-MMA fans alike, but the reason I was thinking of doing them in the same week is that I'm so hyped up from carrying that bag, geez, um, is that you couldn't, it'll be a, a super exciting one for MMA fans because that's a big week of fights. So you can listen to loads of stuff and get ready for it. And then if you're really, really not an MMA fan, then all, you're, all you have to skip is one week of episodes and it's fine. But I said, they are both ones. I thought that, and then I've just, just thinking about these guests in particular, they are fascinating if you're an MMA fan or not. So, yeah, I'll be doing them hopefully at some point. Um, I should stop talking because I'm a little bit over-pumped up and excited. I'm going to go and calm myself down and I'm going to let you uh, listen to myself. Oh, I'll tell you, I mentioned in this podcast that that I've recorded... The day before this podcast, I recorded what I think might be my favourite podcast I've ever recorded. And it's f- for next week. Um Mother's Day is coming up, so I decided to sit down with my mum and get her to tell stories about her mum. And there's some truly amazing stories. I was, I was worried it wouldn't last an hour. It breaks 90 minutes. It was amazing. Um, yeah, it's a really good episode. I was so pleased. I didn't know how it would go. It was one of them where I'd said to my mum, look, we'll record it. And if it feels shit, then we won't put it out. But it's why I've not kind of talked about it much in advance but it's a really good episode so um yeah i think you're going to enjoy that one and then i've got yeah i've got tons of good ones to come i've got steve mcneil from go eight bit i also mentioned in this what i'm doing on my podcast just to celebrate the one year anniversary of the hardcore listing podcast so yeah there's some cool stuff to come but for now enjoy chris ramsey on episode 191 of the distraction pieces podcast And we're rolling. I've started. I've waited for you to take your first sip oh of tea. Oh, God, that is absolute sabotage, that, mate. Yeah, I framed right. you there. Uh, I haven't even done my mic. You haven't adjusted your mic. I've just, front of us you know, I've just jumped straight oh, yeah. into it. I've got my... Paxman Technics. My backup recording there. That's yeah. how professional I am now. Yeah. I've got a backup, backup recording. I well. did something like 140 episodes. And wow. 
then have a backup, you, and then uh, I had one that didn't record. Your uh, lineups are intimidating. They're, they're decent, aren't it's they? We've mad. had some good people like, on. It's kind of like uh, you post a thing on your Insta the idea of, of, of all the people <laughs> on, and I'm looking going, does he really want me on this? Is uh, this? <laughs> but what's l- lovely is we've been lining this up for ages, for pretty much since I started it. Yeah. We've been saying, oh, when you're in London, and when I'm it's, up north. Exactly. And it's just not happened. And I like that it's happened nicely around the time of your new series and stuff yeah. like that, because it means so <laughs> that we can have a regular chat and catch up, but yeah. it's also a valid part of your promo run. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. It's, I should yeah. mention, I'm joined by Chris Ramsey. How are you today? I'm fine, man, yeah. I'm a little li- little bit hungover. Right, excellent. Uh, which I shouldn't be, because I was doing promo all day. Right. Um, yesterday, I did Sunday brunch. Yes. Uh, and uh, Example was on. Example you know, was on. Yeah. He's meant to be coming on the podcast as yeah, well. I was watching yeah. almost everyone on there. I've uh, People that I've lined up and not had on yet. Really? Which wow. was a nice thing. It's, yeah, that could is, have beans. <laughs> that is genuinely one of the weird things of doing this podcast, is yeah. watching shows like that, that are proper commercial like real shows and going i've had them on i've had them on i've got them coming on next week it's like and as you can see it's just me and my microphones yeah it's It's really good yeah but but how was was sunday brunch yeah sunday brunch is great really good fun yeah yeah really good fun and i love i love joy and that lot they're great i just eat so much on those shows man yeah like i did saturday kitchen and people are tweeting going it's nice to see someone really like eating the food (laughs) it was kind of like a backhanded compliment in a way do you know what I mean so it was like we're really like normally really really normally someone will have a mouthful and then put it down but I was like literally I was like put that in my dressing room like just go for it but yeah and then we went out yesterday just to the pub and that uh, mean example and we just had just a few but you know when you start early yeah so I've just got that groggy kind of being you know and I, I woke up and I knew I had a full day of interviews today and I was like you're an idiot but thankfully, I haven't, you know, I've, I've managed to keep it at bay. So I, mean, I can go back and, to the hotel and cry after this. I know I could have told you that you, an example, were going to go out and get drunk. Yeah, because you're yeah. two reasonably new parents <laughs> who are working as the reason you're away from your kids. But it means you're away from your kids and can go and have a drink and have a night out. So I, I could have done with this, course pa- you're gonna this go podcast yesterday. <laughs> I could have done with that foresight, like, <laughs> it's on Saturday, maybe, because, yeah, it was just, they give you cocktails on the show, and I'm not a cocktail drinker, yeah. and it tastes like pop, and they're not pop, yeah. and, yeah, I was, um, yeah, so I didn't go crazy, I, I was like, I'll go back at three, and then three o'clock came, and I was like, I'll go back at six, then six o'clock came, and then the next thing I knew, it was nine, and I went, I'm gone. I mean, I was asleep by ten. That's good. But I was drunk when I went to sleep. Yeah, yeah. so, so you were asleep, sleep by ten, and therefore hung over by nine. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. awakening full hangover, <laughs> nice and early but how do you find doing all the all the promo runs and that because you've had a real you you really climbed and climbed and climbed in your stand-up seemingly off your own back or all very naturally at least it wasn't because of some big tv appearance that broke you there it was a real organic thing yeah but then that means touring for guys like you is relentless you'll do hell of a long run but then all of a sudden, you've done it all naturally, but then you get to a point where there's then people t- telling you to maintain this, you've got to do all this press. And yeah, it's a weird yeah. one because it's like, well, I didn't do all that press to get here. Yeah. But you get that fear of, I'm not meant to be here, therefore I need to do all of this to make yeah, sure absolutely. I'm on yeah. top still. It's, it's bizarre. It, it, yeah. It's a weird part of it as well. And you can't... It's weird. I mean, we know each other, so this is fine. But mm. sometimes, you, you're, even when you do these little daft radio interviews, and they expect... This is just such a, it's going to sound such a first world problems, whingy <laughs> thing, but they expect every answer to be hilarious. Yeah. 
every yeah. and yeah, like that's not how I operate. Like I, yeah. you know, what I mean, if we talk about something that I fancy being funny about, I will have a little. I will, and I, you know, I'm always trying to make people laugh. But sometimes I just want to answer a question normally. But you, they give you this look. It's it's excitement and it's expectation, and then it quickly goes to. Oh, is that it? <laughs> it's yeah. weird. Look, I get it in the post office, man. You get it everywhere <laughs> being a comic. I literally go and have a go. Can I send this recorded? And they're like, Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, like next day delivery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you fucking send, can you send it? Like, what is this? It's, <laughs> it's brilliant because it's it's everything in the. And again, it is these first world problems, but it's the same if you've ever rapped. Yeah. Every show they're like. Before I go in to do anything, they'll send me a last-minute email saying, I've had an idea. Are you up for doing a freestyle um, about about pies? And it's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yes. Number one, I'm not rapping at the moment anyway, so I'm off of that yeah. train. But number two, I've never been able to freestyle. So it's yeah. like, no, I don't want to do a <laughs> sp- sp- spit a quick free. But y- you Crazy. seem to... I was, I was talking to a few people in the building, and they were saying how this is, you know, all behind the scenes compliments here how you're a joy to work with because oh, you're wow. always r- really up for all the interviews and enjoying it and i told them it, it lends into my first question which i wrote down genuinely I've, I've made tons of notes and then at the top i had to start with and i mean this but why are geordies so lovable <laughs> and, and, and anyone from the northeast there is genuinely yeah. and everyone i've ever known from up that way adorable i thought um i daniel blake was bleak but it worked because it was set in the northeast, yeah. so there was a, a, a lovableness which gave you that endearment. I think if it was set in London, there would have been more of a, a, a I don't know, a, a working class in London in films. There's often an edge that's unpleasant or or something to look down upon. There's in a crime films. element, in or there, yeah. it's Guy Ritchie, yeah, Cockneys, which yeah. I love as well. But because it was in the northeast, uh-huh. everyone was no matter what bad things they were doing, you were like, oh, bless him. <laughs> Oh, and, oh, oh, is that not just a southern view on it? It, it might be, but but it, is is there something in that? Is has your comedy birth being up in yeah. that in that end of the country? Do you think that's influenced things that uh, there is a a, a a friendliness in that manner? In, it's a, in it's the a, it is a really. Um, I've done interviews today, and and I've done interviews in the past, and you talk about. The accent. People talk about the accent. And the talk, yeah. and it really is a gimmick. Like it really, really mm. is. And it's not, not. Mm, sorry, not saying that I play it as a gimmick, but it is seen in the rest of the country as a gimmick. It's yeah. really strange. I've done. I read. I've, weirdly, there was a comedian tweeting about this the other day, but he was whinging about it. But I've, I've, in my time as well, uh, sometimes you wouldn't be able to go on a comedy bill if there's too many northeast acts. They'd be like, yeah. look, I can't put three northeast acts on the game because it's, it's like uh, you know, it's like what's a Geordie special like yeah. You, and it is. It even is, though the variation. Even though they're talking about different things and the styles yeah. are different, and one guy's deadpan and one guy's political and one guy's just me telling stories. And it is, it, it's seen as a kind of, like, yeah, like I say, like a little uh, a gimmick and a kind of, people just endear to it and people love yeah. it. And I, it's helped me out. I'll yeah. be honest with you. It's helped, yeah, massively. I, I, would, I would definitely, I mean, obviously there's no way of measuring this, but I don't think I'd be as far as I was if I wasn't regional. It's mad, isn't it? How, yeah. how, how, how was your route into comedy? Mm in those kind of areas because again speaking I, I had Dave Johns on and he was talking about how his the thing that struck or the thing that that, that, that pushed his career really and it's, it's similar I had Gus Khan recently both people who kind yeah. of went the route tends to be you need to get down to, uh, to London yeah. and when you go actually I'll do a club here and I'll build a club here and build a scene here yeah, yeah. it worked better and it was it was the same with 
a Lauren Laverne was very much that she still still wanted to get down to London with a band or whatever else. But yeah, yeah. the real experiences came in going. Actually, I can do if I aim to impress my mates and the yeah. local people and, and my dad's mates and my uncles and this kind of thing. That is a better bed for it than yeah. the, the tradition of you need to get to London. You need to get to London. Well, there's a lot of you need to get to London. There's a yeah. lot of it in this the comedy industry. Right, yeah. Comedy in particular, completely. But I did the halfway. See, so I went to Manchester instead. Right, yeah, So yeah, I moved yeah. to Manchester for three years and there was a, a scene there and all yeah. it was about was um, just regular gigging. Yeah. It was just about regular gigging. And, and, and I love gigging in the Northeast, but you become a northeast comic right. now there's being a northeast comic and there's being a northeast comic now obviously yeah. I'm a comic from the northeast but I'm not exclusively a northeast comic yeah. I don't gig okay, up there yeah. all the time you've got comics who gig up there just all the time and they won't travel anywhere and that's fine and if they're happy and that's great but you can't you, you, you know your, your mentality has to even if you don't physically go to London your mentality sometimes has to come down to London yeah. does that make yeah. sense? yeah completely yeah. it's about b- building those experiences and Again, the more you gig, the more you see other comedians, and I think yeah, people are scared sometimes to take influence, to learn, to be inspired. Yeah, they kind of no, I've got my style. Yeah. It's, it's like, well, there's probably other people who are really good too, and yeah. you don't have to rip them off. But you can go, I tell you what, I liked about him uh-huh. that that that's missing from my set. This tone or atmosphere yeah. or whatever. Well, not only that, right? Not only in your set as a person as well, like. I, I'm not slagging me mates off by any sense of imagination, but like me mates and me mates, and I've known them all my life. But I genuinely said to me mates the other day, I was like, if we met now, we wouldn't get on. Yeah. I was yeah. serious. But the, the grounders and the keepers going, they're great and they're, you know, I love them to death. But through comedy and through tra- tra- traveling around and meeting comedians, I've, I've, I've sort of changed as a person, evolved as a person, like, you know, become. Uh, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, there's some of the stuff that some of my mates still come out with and things, and I go like, you know, they go, oh, we're, it's his stag, oh, we'll get him a strip, and I'm like, oh my god, like we, like I know we're, you know, you're my mates and you're my close mates, and I've said it them, but it sort of changed us as a person, and as I say, yeah. your mentality leaves the northeast, but I still, you know, I'm not slagging them off, I'm not slagging the air off. Oh god, I still live in the northeast, I still live in yeah. South Shields. It's where my family is, it's where everything is. But moving around and meeting comedians, I met some of the most interesting people in me, I've ever met in my life doing comedy and, and just being influenced not only artistically and through stand-up, but also in, in day-to-day life, you know, and yeah. tried things. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a small-minded northerner, but, you know, going from, like, changing your set and changing the way you live and then to try and hummus. Yeah. I tried sushi when I left <laughs> the northeast. I wouldn't have dreamed of it. Mate, I get it. From any kind of small-town type areas, and I'm from, I live in the same town I've always lived in, in Essex, but change is seen as an insult. Yeah, and a negative thing. Well, you've got a line in one of your songs: "Small town syndrome, yeah. grown in size." Exactly, exactly, yeah. and it's that, it, it is that kind of thing that it's you will retain all the good bits that yeah. that the northeast gave to Absolutely. you. Absolutely, and, and a lot you'll of them. potentially change the bad bits. And other people who don't leave the area may not get the chance to learn that they're not maybe the, the best elements of yeah, themselves. Yeah. And that's kind of that should be a positive thing. You should be open to change and getting oh, out and absolutely. going. Here we are. I've 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 learnt better than how I used to be, and mm. and I've improved. And that doesn't make you better than anyone else. No, All no, it makes no. You it's not that kind of thing. Who at all. you used to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've improved upon sixteen-year-old. Well, you know it is. I don't want to quote one of your songs again, but you know I'm a big fan. <laughs> um, who am I better than? I'm better than I used to be. I'm yeah. gonna keep on getting better, so you better just get used to me. Mm. I live by that completely. I live by that. 
And it's genuinely, you, you've got to better yourself. That's the only thing. Yeah. You, don't, you can't look as well in stand up as well in life. You can't look at other people and go, well, why are they doing that? Why? Yeah. It's two things. There's that line there that I just said for you, and there's a comedian called Simon Munnery yeah, said, I love Simon Munnery. Yeah, he said, it's not a race, it's a dance. Right. And that's the perfect way to look at anything like this, to yeah. look at, you know, the music game, to look at entertainment, to look at comedy, yeah. acting. It's not, don't look at the other they're not just because they're doing that it doesn't mean you, that's not affecting your thing at all they're, yeah. they're absolutely intangible they're not touching Yeah, and and it's not a race it's a dance sometimes they're going faster sometimes you're going slower I love that because again and, and, and Simon Munnery is a perfect example of someone who's clearly realised that again yeah exactly that in the, it, it's, if you're ahead of someone that doesn't mean you're, you're better or anything yeah. else because he had a show on the BBC for a while that I thought yeah, yeah. was absolutely amazing and should be a cult classic Yeah, and it kind of drifted off yet yeah. I've gone and caught him at the fringe and he's as good and as weird and as wonderful as, yeah, as he incredible. ever was because he's just developed and developed rather than going I've got my TV show oh, what do I need to do next like, mm. what's, what's the next TV show what's yeah, the next yeah. thing he's gone they've liked what I'm doing and I've made it if mm. it works cool if it doesn't yeah. that's still what I'm going to do yeah, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean R- rather yeah, than, how yeah. can I change to keep on TV <laughs> or anything like that um, well I mean I've touched on the fringe there and it was at the fringe that, that we kind of met properly, properly and had a little fish, fringe yeah. bromance where yeah, we just yeah. um, we hung out a few times. Did I meet your parents or Carl's parents? I met someone's parents, um, and it was all a bit they boozy. Hammered, yeah, Carl's, Carl's, right, excellent. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's me, me, Carl. We support he supports us on two. Carl Hutchinson, and yeah. that's it. He kind of always has as well, and that's one of the things. Well, we met when we were uh, fourteen, me and Carl. Oh, really? We've known each other for years. Yeah, so yeah. we were friends. He got me into stand up. Carl Amazing. said, I'm going to go and do an open mic night. And I, I thought he meant music at first. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, that would have been funnier. Yeah. Him doing music would yeah. have been amazing. Uh, and, I, and I was like, what do you mean? And I didn't know there was, I didn't understand. People who were just comedians, Lee Evans, uh, Billy Connolly, Ricky Gervais, they were just there. Yeah. And in a way, Ricky Gervais, uh, you, know, you know, again, a personal hero of mine, he did what I imagine everyone else had done, if this makes sense. So he wrote The Office, started in The Office, became yeah. this national treasure. Then he went, I do stand up as well. And in my head, I went, I'd already thought that that was how stand ups got with. Yeah. I thought they did something else, and then the stand up was a, a folly, was a side game. When in reality, he's the anomaly, because generally, he's, if yeah. people try that, they're either rubbish or yeah. it just doesn't work. Exactly. He, he did it, and annoyingly, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I'll try this now. But. So, and, and, and I didn't know that, you know, your Billy Connolly's and your Lee Evans, I didn't know they'd done rooms above pubs and open mic nights. I didn't. Yeah. I just. I, I, I don't know, I can't explain it. I just didn't know it existed. Like, yeah. And and I, once I went to an open mic night, I went on stage, I did me five minutes, my first ever one, and I was like... Do it was where it was? Yeah, Dog and Parrot, Newcastle. It's my mate Sam's pub. I was yeah. going to mention it. I've got that in my, in yeah. my notes. My mate Sam Marshall, because he'd mentioned in the past that he, wow. had, you, he had you down there a few times. And he used Loads to, of times. It I was a really it. good little music pub downstairs, and he had a little room upstairs yeah. that he just had his comedy on. Well, sometimes you would go in and that, that, that I had a gig on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So your bands are up and coming bands. Yeah. Sometimes you would go in on the Tuesday and it would still smell of, of alcohol and sweat from yeah. the night before. And you'd be yeah. like, oh, like, the, you could feel tough. the energy in the room still. You were like, this was a, you know, this was a big gig last night. It's Here a great we are. room, though. It's a lovely little oh, right. room. I did it, again, because he's a mate, he's not there anymore. He's got a CrossFit thing in Chesterley Street now, which is a weird change. What, but, what a change. But again, that is it was, amazing. It's another, it's a beautiful story because it is, he got to a point where he went, I've been running pubs now for 10 years yeah. and 
I love it, but I've seen the worst of humans for 10 years. Yeah, th- there's lovely people having a good drink, but there's also people who drink is killing them and yeah. drink is beating them up. And he got into his fitness. He went, I now want to open somewhere that sees the best in humans and change, wow. and it's changed his whole community. There's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Down there. I won't, I won't ramble on about that. that too gonna, much, I'm going to just see it, um, tell him categorically not to expect me at the CrossFit please. Yeah. <laughs> Completely, but I, I, I played in the Dog and Parrot. I was doing a spoken word tour, and it was some quite big venues. It was the first time I'd done a full spoken word tour. But we chose to do that room because he was a mate, and it was great because it had that kind of that that atmosphere of somewhere that the, this sh- sh- shouldn't be going on in. Yes. And there's an excitement yeah. of that. You're kind of in there like this isn't really a stage. This isn't really set up for yeah. that. But that made it exciting because I was like, oh, Absolutely. I shouldn't get to see this if you're in london yeah everywhere's got a theater everywhere's got that entitlement of i can see things anytime i want there yeah. it had that atmosphere of this is a bit of a treat isn't it yeah this isn't what meant to that, be happening that little door to the side yeah. i love the little door to the left the little dark door and the little stairs up yeah. and yeah it was just uh it was a special little place and i remember it's weird because i went on and i, I don't know how i struck it so lucky but i did my first gig there and there was a uni uh, a, a course of uni lads who were doing a uh, film and media and for some reason, they were filming sets. Oh, amazing. So it was rammed, the place. They'd brought their friends down and people watch So I managed to do, like, there must have been, I mean, this is going to sound so small time, but there must have been sort of 50, 50 people in there, and that is full for that room. Yeah. So I did it to a packed room. And for so, your first gig, because, yeah. again, that's where the, the, the weirdest part of comedy and anything uh, music-wise is, is a full room is easier than an empty room. Yeah. It's a weird, it's half, a weird yeah. conflict cause because it's like, even if half of them are laughing, that's still twenty-five yeah. people laughing in that room, and that's a lot. Of la- that's a loud laugh, yeah, you know. Yeah. So and it gets everyone else on board. It, get, it makes everyone yeah. else comfortable, and if you're there to enjoy yourself, uh-huh. as long as you're not having an absolute dog of a gig, yeah, then, yeah. then they're I kind of. I genuinely believe that if I'd went on one of the because the second or third time I did the dog and parrot, there was about six people in. And I died yeah. on me hall. I genuinely believe if I'd went on the first night and there'd been six or seven people there and I died, I wouldn't have gotten up again. Yeah. I genuinely amazing, wouldn't have went on again. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you now. So do you think the footage is somewhere? Have you, it, have you I had the it? DVD and I don't know where I haven't got I, I had the DVD. I wanted to put it on my DVD and I've, I've moved house and I've lost it in a house move. I don't know where it is. Because that's a rare thing, right, to have your first honestly, ever gig. Yeah. On, and number one, to have your first ever gig go well yeah number two to have it filmed that's crazy i that's really insane. want you know what it is i might have to try and get a hold of it somewhere but yeah. out and find that it was um but the weird thing was when i did the arena last year in newcastle arena it's yes. round the corner from the dog and parrot it's a it's a it's like a two minute walk amazing and i was like oh my god yeah, so it's, it's just yeah. across the car park and it's there yeah. yeah so it's a two minute walk if that you can see it you know you see the arena from the dog and, and parrot and you got lean is, and how big is the arena Ten thousand. Ten thousand. How yeah. mad was that? Because that's it when was... we were going to be talking at some point. I think it was just after yeah, yeah. you'd done that. that w- I was doing a film in Leeds, and I was going to yeah. come round and do it, and we didn't get a chance. But how was that? It was to mad. Ten thousand. Yeah. And again, home crowd. That's it a beautiful was... thing. That must make it all the more emotional. I right? cried on the way on stage. Yeah, but I had to suck the tears in Amazing. quite quickly because yeah. comedy is the one thing you can't start with a tearful thank you. Emotional. You know what I mean? You've got to. It's a particularly thing in the northeast. Mate. Oh my god! Exactly. Fuck off, lad. <laughs> You've changed. Soft Southern, he's gone soft. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was the best. We're doing it again. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. It yeah. was uh, our first Northeast comic to play the uh, arena on a solo show. No one, no wow. one, no one else had done it. Because um, I think people sometimes look down on me. I know I had I had uh, tweets from people saying I don't want to come and see you in the arena or whatever. But 
what because they think the thing is very impersonal, and I, I get what they mean. But what I found performing there was you had to make it smaller. You yeah. had to make the performance That's smaller good, yeah. because the screens are there. And you don't want to just be a man shouting in a big cavern. So you've got to make it more. You've got to you've yeah. got to pull them in. It's yeah. weird. You can't allow push the production it to push it out yeah. rather you can't than throw it them. You've got to pull them in. Yeah. And every squint of the eye, every sort of you know, every uh, um, facial expression is captured on a twenty foot screen either yeah. side. So I had people sitting in front of us, mate, from where you are to me now yes. on the front row, and they're looking. The the side, and they're watching the screen and I'm like mate I'm here but they're watching the screen because you can get every bit it's you know? mad isn't it I, it was I, amazing I hate that that mentality of and I get that gigs and I had that as a kid I prefer a gig in a small venue yeah. but um, an example is Progress a Wrestling who Carl Hutchinson has been on Jim Smallman's podcast because yeah, yeah, Jim yeah, Smallman yeah. runs that um, and they're doing a Wembley Arena in September. Wow. Which is insane. For a wow. company that started five years ago just doing wrestling in like 200 cap venue, they're doing Wembley. Oh, wow. And I did a post about it saying how excited and proud I was. And I had one person comment saying, he didn't even know about him because I, I, I don't know why people are celebrating this. Surely you'd rather see him in a small venue. It's like, they do smaller venues every oh, month. But for yes. a one-off, an independent wrestling company yeah. is doing... Wembley Arena. Arena. Wembley Arena. Is this Jim Smallman's yeah, company? Yeah, it's Jim Smallman's so, company. I didn't know that. I'm so happy for Jim. Wembley. That's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And again, it, it's that mentality. But the Progress <sighs> fans are all like, they're seeing it as this just a huge pride thing. Oh, Everyone's oh, excited oh, about honestly. it. Because again, exactly. yeah, you're probably going to enjoy event. it more yeah. at the ballroom. But yeah. they do the ballroom every month. You're going to go to Wembley because it's fucking Wembley. Yeah, and you exactly. get to go and go... Look at what this is. Well, We're all part of this. Is, we'll put this way. South Shields Football Club. Yeah. I'm not a huge football fan, but I do follow uh, in and out of South Shields because South Shields are the one that FA Vars. Yeah. And, they're, you know, I'll, um, if, if I had to, if someone put a gun in my head and said, who do you support? It would be South Shields. Yeah. They've got Julio Walker playing for them now, who used to play on oh, Sunday. Wow, right? I used to love Arca. They played Wembley. They won the FA Vars yeah. at Wembley. And, like, everyone from my town went down. My dad went down. So many people went down. Yeah. And they, you don't get them going, well, I like watching them in Filtrona where it's 200 seats uh, yeah. on the Bede Industrial Estate. Exactly. No, it's, and it should be the same. And that was the thing with the, with the arena when I did the arena. It was more of an event. Yeah. It was more of a, you know, oh, my God, can you believe this is happening kind yeah. of thing. And, and, I mean, we're doing it again just because it was so fun and I want to do it again. But, you know, I may go back to doing this. I may do a 10-night you know, run at the City Hall, five-night run at the City Hall. But it's just such... Uh, 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 just a statement and just a, 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 a sort of pride-filled moment to do it. And, and me fans were there with us. And I said, I said, look, I, I opened the gig with, look, if you've travelled from around the country to come and see us here, I really appreciate it, but you're going to have to keep up because I'm talking Geordie speed and I'm saying Geordie words because this is like, this is our night. I love it. I've, I've, used, I've used, as an example, often I'll have people ask about... Um my bravery in doing stuff that's spoken when you've got a stutter. And I'll say, I just see it as an accent. And my example is always, I guarantee more people understand me than most of my Geordie mates. Because, <laughs> again, I had, I had yeah. Sam Marshall on the podcast once, and it was, yeah. he was like, I kept having to pause and translate because he was getting particularly excited. Yeah, I was like, yeah. no one's going to have understood <laughs> a word of that. And, uh, but again, it's, it's true, isn't it? It's having that excitement. But the other thing is, you can f- fall in love with a room. Or if you fall in love with a room, it's not, anything to do with the size of it yeah and my favorite venue i've played is coco that's bigger than the venues i would normally have gone to as a kid so i wouldn't have expected that i've played Wembley arena it was nice but i love coco so when we did our last tour with dan lasak we did 
two nights there rather than a bigger venue because yeah. we knew it was our last tour and it's like fucking love that room yeah. i don't want to risk playing another room and not enjoy yeah, it as much it's like, mean, i'd rather yeah. do a couple of nights there but again that is it's a, it's a decent a, a, a size room it's a couple of thousand but still yeah. that's big i would have thought as a kid growing up on punk the rooms i liked with the garage and the, yeah, like the yeah, tiny yeah. couple of hundred it's like yeah. no it's finding that balance and if you find you're falling in love with a 10,000 seat stadium yeah. then you can play there as many times as you bloody want well, you know, yeah, and not feel well, any guilt know, over why, it you why know? not but I, uh, I saw the Arctic Monkeys um, in a, a that's casino. Arctic Monkeys sorry not the sorry yeah Arctic Monkeys uh, I saw them in the casino club in Newcastle for two quid there was about yeah. 80 oh, people amazing. there and I was right at the front and it was amazing and I had a, they came out afterwards and they took photos and they had a pint yeah. and stuff uh, and I loved it but then uh, they played Old Trafford I still went there yeah. Still love that. Yeah. It's amazing. I was like, this is a band I paid too quick to see. Now yeah. and I wasn't like, ooh, I was like, yeah, amazing. You know, yeah. and it's, it's it's that thing of following something from us. I had people who'd seen us at the Dog and Parrot who came to the arena and I was like, you know, it makes you want to cry. It makes you that happy. It makes yeah. such a beautiful we, moment. I know? mean, I, I, this is now becoming the Dog and Parrot podcast, but I've just yeah. remembered that when um, me and Dan were touring once and we were playing the O2 in Newcastle mm. and the gig got pulled for some reason I can't even remember why it might have been poor ticket sales I'm not, I'm not sure what so I'm not putting any blame on anyone but because it was pulled and we were like well we're on tour so it's, it's not like we're going to go home so yeah. we did a thing just said we're going to be in a dog and parrot if everyone who was at the gig was going to come to the gig wants to just come for a drink then come and hang out and we had a night just getting drunk with loads of our fans when was just this? partying all night it was ages it was it was, it was a while back I'm furious I missed this but it was again it was just perfect because it was like well as you'll know from touring particularly mm. when it can be a long tour and it's quite a, s- a solitary thing yeah. nights off aren't that, f- that fun Mate, and you kind of rather just get the gigs done yeah if yeah. you're away from home you can't go back all this in many ways, if you break the tour too much, it becomes harder to do. If yeah. you're just in the flow of it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all the flow. So we had exactly that. We are like, well, we'd planned to go to Newcastle. It's in between the gig we've got the yeah. night before and the gig we've got after. So let's, let's hang out at like the Dog and Parrot. Well, but I, know, I know stories of comedians who've done that in the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll be flying and do that, and then the four people will turn up and they'll go... I'm not going to do the gig to four people, but do you want to just go for a drink? And they've took the four people for a drink and it's they've sat perfect. and they've just chatted to them like we're doing now with a few drinks. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I love it. Well, um, we've mentioned a social media a bit there. We'll get back to talk about The Fringe because I fucking I, I love The Fringe and that year was a special one f- for me for numerous reasons. But we mentioned social media and I think you're great at social media and sure, I've had things in the past where people have asked me to do... S- speak at seminars about how bands should use social media things like i've always said no because i think the simple thing is you you've got to be into it and enjoy it and Mm. when you and carla on tour yeah you entertain yourselves via social media so it feels to me as if even if you had no followers you'd be doing that yeah to have the fun it's kind of it's as much for you as it is for for promotion it's not a here we are on the road it's you're mugging each other off. You're, you're messing about on the train. You're doing yeah. s- s- silly things, and that's what makes good good social media. So well, I've always felt you can't teach that. Just tell bands you've got to be into it. That weirdly, that weirdly brings us to a point that I nearly said when you mentioned the fringe. When, yeah. Now, when me and you were having a drink in the courtyard, I met a guy that night that I'll never forget. I met this bloke, and he said I, he was I, he was swinging his dick about. Basically, I can't remember his name. Uh, and I don't even know if I knew his name. Um, but he turned around and he said he was, you know, he's trying to load it over the comics. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was saying, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm a comedian. And I went, what are you doing? He went, uh, oh, I make viral videos. 
And I went, stop you there, mate. Uh, you make videos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, you know, the, the, the universe decides if it's viral or not. Yeah, so new, maybe. That's not on you, And my that friend. is exactly that. You can't. T- and and uh, there's so many times I'll go, I've wrote this tweet. This is going to be genius. Or I've done this video and it'll get two or three retweets and nothing. I've, and then I've deleted crazy. tweets before because yeah. I'm so annoyed because I know how yeah. hilarious it is. <laughs> and the rest of the world hasn't got it. I'm like, I'm back on at a I'm peak like, time. No, I'm more like, well, you can't have it then. You don't deserve it. <laughs> This is this isn't for you. If that's only two, if that's worth three retweets, then you don't deserve I that because it's on brilliant. Last night, I was at my mate's house last night. We're having beer and pizza, and uh, uh, that someone was eating pizza and they were leaving all their crusts. Yeah, and I saw the crust and there was still a garlic dip left. And I looked and I thought, is this okay to dip? Can I take these crusts from these people I don't know from and someone dip else? Them? Yeah. So I put it on Twitter. Twelve thousand people voted on it. 12,000 people. That is a lot of coverage for one tweet. But you can't tell what... Oh, by the way, it was um, uh, 60% no, 40% yes. Um, I, I mean, didn't, what's wrong with the no? What's mention, wrong with I those I forgot people? to mention I was drunk. So I right. think if I'd mentioned I was drunk, they're all, it would have been, it been all the other way. Yes, yeah. But one thing I did, mate, right? I don't know what happened the other <laughs> week, right? Some things can catch on social media. Obviously, I got I got pizza delivered to a train once on social media. Yes. That was my sort of big social thing. That Amazing, was, yeah. Yeah, and, and, but yeah, and I thought of that the day before, and I never knew that would go as viral as it did. That was like yeah. p- news, you know what I mean, news people were ringing us the next day. For, it was on the front of the Doncaster paper where it happened because nothing my... else happens in Doncaster. <laughs> um, managed to get a pizza then, delivered to the other train. Yeah, that day, right? I was, uh, so I keep getting this phone call in my house, on my house phone. My house phone is linked up to a gate at the bottom of my garden, like right. a security gate intercom thing, yeah. right? Because I live in the north and houses are cheap. And <laughs> I, I, so the only time it rings, it's someone at the gate. So yeah. you always pick it up. But sometimes it's a cold call. Yeah. Now we get these weird calls from this company. I don't know who they are. It's one of these companies. And they keep asking for Mr. Skelly. Right. I don't know who Mr. Skelly is. If you're listening, Mr. Skelly, can you ring them and change your number? Because it's <laughs> genuinely doing me not right in, mate. So they ring, but what they're doing is they're saying, it's, you know, the ones that go, oh, you've got a virus on your computer, you need to do this. It's a yeah. scam. Yeah, it's a yeah, scam. Yeah, the yeah, guy's yeah. going, you need to do this, you need And I, I got it every day for about a month, and I kept, I put the phone down, and they rang back, and I put the phone down, I'm going to stop Mr. Skelly, take us off the list. One day, the court is in a mischievous mood, and I was rude to the guy in a, in yeah. a really, a, a comical way, but I really, you know, I was swearing at him, I was having yeah. a go at him, because he was doing me head in. And he phoned back, I put the phone down and he phoned back instantly and my wife picked it up. She was like, stop it. She was laughing, but she was like, stop it. That was really rude. And she picked the phone up. Yeah. And the guy said, same guy, I could hear him, shout out on speaker. He went, I'm from BT um, and we are going to block your call. We're going to block your number because uh, there's been reports of someone swearing on this phone. <laughs> That's what he said, right? And I was buckled. I was like, that is great work. Fair play to you. This has yeah. happened to you before. This is your thing. You, you do this to put the shits up, people. Nice. Yeah. And I wrote it and I tweeted it out, right? It got so hundreds of retweets, thousands of likes, maybe a thousand retweets. People loved it. But what it got more of, which I'd never experienced, and this drove me mad. It got people tagging it, and they were going, oh, a contender here, and they were tagging something in. And I was like, are they tagging someone who does prank calls? What is this? And I clicked on it. It was the Didn't Happen of the Year awards. Oh, wow. And so many people, I'm like easily 40 or 50 people tweeted saying it didn't happen telling us it didn't Brilliant. happen and then tweeting this award thing going that didn't happen and then the award thing tweeted me with a retweet going didn't happen mate you, did, oh no, was it, you didn't or did you mate 
And, and I was and like, how much did that annoy you? Because you're laughing about mid, it now, but I know on the night you would have been mid, furious over I, I feel a little bit ill-taught. I was, I didn't eat any food. My wife had gone out, so I had no one to talk to. <laughs> yeah. My son was in bed, and I just stormed around the house. And I just kept getting notifications again, and I was just... Didn't happen, didn't I happen. I was fucking livid. Yeah. I've, it was, it was like, it was on par with, um, when you were a kid, why lying? Yeah. When you said, and people go, why yeah. lying? Yeah. It was a wind-up, why lying? Why line for? Why line? Yeah. Or, um, or when you would come out and, and, and what a group of friends would pretend they couldn't hear you. Yeah. And you'd stand up. <laughs> yeah. It was on, on par with this, this, this juvenile. Oh my God. If they set that, if they set that don't ha- didn't have the year awards just to wind people up. Yeah. Fair play. High five. You got me well I, and truly that night. I, I had was, a, I had a breakthrough and I think I found the, the solution to that feeling because mm-hmm. I had someone tweet me. And I just put something, I can't even remember what it was, and someone just tweeted back going, cool, you're edgy. And it infuriated <sighs> yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it became my my go-to response to, to any trolls or anyone else who's, who's, who's mugging me off. Just go, cool, you're edgy. Because yeah. I know how much it enraged me. Like, look, I wasn't trying to be edgy. I was trying to, I was just saying, and just, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh. I've taken your power on. I've absorbed your Good. power, like and I'm now using it for myself. Oh, I was <laughs> tweeting people that night saying, "I'll take a polygraph." Like I was like, <laughs> I was pathetic. It was honestly proved to you. Yeah, it's, I was. That's great. It's I'll mad. Use that. It's mad when things take on their own life like that, though. Yeah. Like the 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 pizza thing. The thing is, people forget that people that there's a human behind any public persona. Yeah. Like I'll have stuff where I'll tweet about a pizza I've got, and I'll have people saying. How much? How much they they pay you to do that tweet? Or Ben and Jerry's? Because I eat a lot of pizza and eat a lot of Ben and Jerry's. It's why I've got a personal trainer. Um, And it's just it's yeah, I love it. But people will assume it's sponsored in some way, and it's the most infuriating. Well, you've got a hashtag ad now. Do you know that? Oh, really? hashtag ad, yeah, because you not see the documentary that whole thing of like yeah, I mean that's good because none of them are fucking sponsoring yeah, yeah. me I wish they would yeah. I'd take I'd a free pizza yeah, definitely absolutely every time I order a Domino's I get an email a day a later saying oh, would you like to take a survey to win a free pizza for yeah, a year yeah, yeah. every time I fill out that survey because I want that free pizza for a year if, if Domino's are listening I feel genuinely shortchanged by the publicity I got them yeah. for that pizza on a yeah. train I got them pizzas free which I didn't want because I was like people are going to have a go but it gave us the pizzas on the train for free yep. so so the delivery girl, I gave her 20 quid. Yeah. I was like, there you Great. go, there's yeah, 20 quid for you. Done. And uh, yeah, I got nothing from them. It was madness. Like, I'm sorry, like, I don't want to sound like a whinge, and, but come on, every newspaper. I the, couldn't believe it. The, the, one, pizza. the one time I had something go, what I would cons- consider legitimately viral, yeah. was again, it was the one time that it going viral was going to screw me over. Because I'd done a thing where I'd said, or someone had reminded me, like when I got to something like 99 thousand followers on on twitter someone sent me a tweet from two years ago saying if i ever get to hundred thousand i'll take you all out for a drink oh and when i got close to that when i stayed quiet and when i reached a hundred thousand i tweeted saying let's fucking do it you know be reasonable but i'll set a date in london anyone who can make it along i'll buy you a drink that then got reported by the lad bible by all the by buzzfeed it was in papers it was in the metro and i'm like Mate, of all the ones to go viral, yeah. the one that's going to go basically, if you want a free beer, yeah, yeah, this go and meet this guy. Appear. So I still did it, but I left it. I said to everyone, "I'll tell you on the day where yeah. it's going to be," because I I can't give it yeah, out yeah, too much because yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, have yeah. a paper saying seven pm at this pub. Oh yeah, yeah, go along. Get every so like, in the place. Yeah. I'll tweet you, you on get the day. All so Sam's old be... regulars coming down from the <laughs> exactly. dog and parrot, <laughs> all travelling down to go. You got that free beer? Um, 
but yeah, it went nicely and it was enjoyable. But again, the one time there wasn't, there was, there was a good, honestly, 50 or 60. So it wasn't insane, but it was a nice little, a nice amount that I could tour around the tables and go, hello. You, uh, you chose London where the drinks were expensive as well. That was silly. You should have had it in Shields, man. Oh, sure. That would have cost you a pound a person. I also chose London where there's a lot of small breweries who would happily sponsor such an event. Good man. So, so I, got someone man. To, I got someone to send a, a load of beers to this particular place. And I said, look, if we get through them, I'll buy everything after that. That's but great. until then... That's great. So yeah, I did manage to cover Clever it. In, in panic, because like I was like, yeah. 100,000... Well, that could have been followers like, yeah. has zero effect on your bank account. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not rich. Let's, that let's could go. have been like your MySpace party thing. Mm. You remember the MySpace party that uh, that um, inspired Skins, the beginning of Skins. Yep, yeah, that, that could just have been blew that. up and went, yeah. and went went crazy. It could have been had like a GoFundMe page, a Kickstarter, to, like yeah. get get Pip back out of his overdraft <laughs> to recover <laughs> recover <laughs> from that gathering. Well, uh, let's get back to the fringe. Um, and we will talk at some point about your sh- sh- show that, as this goes out, starts tonight on yeah, Comedy yeah, Central. Yeah, yeah that's um, all right, don't worry. We'll get round to that. I've been talking about that all day. I want to talk about something else. Yeah, done but in. do you in- enjoy The Fringe? Because I, I, I love it. And that yeah. year that I did The Fringe, it was really important to me because it's the one, you, the, the one you have done it, but I brought up a spoken word show. Yeah. But because it's The Fringe, because I love comedy, I wrote some gags in between. Yeah. And having people like yourself and Brett Goldstein and Sarah Pascoe and a few others come along and enjoy it oh, yeah. meant the world to me it was nice that the turnouts were good and the reviews were good but having actual comedians that I'm a fan of and I respect go yeah. that was good and that joke was actually that was a proper joke that's yeah, that's yeah. a joke and I was like no you actually it, so was, it meant it the world amazing. but yeah. how have you experienced at the fringe because I felt bad on that because I came up and did, did it once so, sold out every show I've never been back yeah you did a you've done you must have done the years although it was in your second year there that you won the fringe, wasn't it? So nominated, or nominated. Year, yeah. So that's 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 pretty Gervais. To, yeah, well, <laughs> in general, yeah. there's all these stories of you toil for years up there and l- lose money, and it's heartbreaking. Yeah, so I had a what touch. was your experience of it? I've had a touch at the fringe. I've had an absolute touch. Yeah, I've yeah. been really lucky. Yeah, you know, um, famously when when Bishop when John Bishop did like McEwen Hall and that when he was doing that, or was it? I don't know which one he's doing. But when he's doing the massive one after he broke out, yeah. he would say like, uh, "Go and see." go and see people at the hut, go and see people at the smaller venues. He would see it at the end of his show um, because for years he did that. He did the hut, he did the small venues, yeah, yeah. six or seven people. I went up for my first year, I did 2010. My show was called Agrophobic. I was playing the hut. Um, it was a 40-seater porter cabin. And um, I was on a great time. The PR team were good. And I'd just done Russell Howard's Good News. Uh, yep. I got a stand-up set on that, So I literally got a TV set before it was weird like, in the early I remember saying to my manager I was like look I'll write an Edinburgh show that's worthy of going up and, and, and hopefully people will buy tickets for your job this year is to get us on the telly yeah, and she yeah, literally yeah, yeah. it was bizarre she literally got us on the telly and it was such Amazing. a fluke that I got on TV because it's beautiful because I I, I, I I love I had Gus Khan on the podcast yeah, and he's, he's a great comedian and he's, he's wonderful and one of the things I, I love about him is he chose to not do that traditional route. He didn't go to London and he didn't go to the Fringe. He just stayed local, did yeah. what he does, and he got a TV show. And it's mind-blowing and mental, but it's it shows that because of the internet, there are, are so many options. Exactly. And the fact that you'd already had a TV slot before you did your first Fringe show, yeah. and that was in 2010, that, that illustrates that it was already changing. It's, yeah. There's a lot of the mentality of you go to the Fringe and you impress the BBC yeah. or Paramount or whoever else, yeah. and then you get a show. And... There's a lot of other ways around it now, and that's that's a beautiful thing. Well, I got on TV completely fluke, 
poor yeah. fluke. So Russell Howard's good news. Uh, it has the writing. You, when, you, when you used to do Russell Howard's good news, it had the writing on the back. So your your your, your name was like a million times behind it. It yeah, was a really yeah, cool yeah, yeah. backdrop. Yeah. Um, now I went down to watch the warm up guy because I was going to start doing TV warm up. So I went down to watch the warm up guy warm up and learn yeah. it. While I was there, I met the producer. The producer was lovely. We had a bit of a chat. Um, then as I was there that night. Um, the stand-up didn't do long enough. Right. The stand-up guest didn't do long yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they didn't have an extra show to go out on the Saturday to, to, to put the, um, the, the Russell Howard's Good News Extra that went yeah, out yeah. with a stand-up guest on. So they didn't have it to go out. So they then made that decision there and then that they needed to film a backup stand-up each series. And because I was there and in their minds, they went, do you want to be the backup stand-up next series? And I was like, oh, my God, yes. So I filmed That's the amazing. backup for the next series. Then... Back to the the word the name behind you, it, yeah. you named loads of times. Russell Kane was due to do his slot. A friend of mine, yeah. he was ready to do his slot, and because he moves around so much, something happened with the strobing. So he was moving so much, and it, the strobe counter that they have for TV. Oh, that's amazing! It went, it went because it's black and white newsprint yeah. on the background, isn't it? Is what out of him, yeah. And the strobe counter went. They've got like a counter for people with epilepsy, yeah, yeah. and it went off the Richter, so he couldn't be on. And he phoned me, and he went, That's uh, "So unfortunate." Yeah, I mean, bless him. He phoned me, and he went, "What was it like when you did Russell? I was good news. What was your, um, you know, when it went out? How much reaction did you get on social media and blah blah blah?" And I went, "Oh, mate, mine, mine hasn't gone out. Mine's the backup in case anyone fucks up." And he went, "Oh, yours will be going out tonight then, because mine fucked up." And I went, "You're joking!" And mine went out. So and then that was it, oh, and then I had amazing. that credit, and then I, I, that was it was so helpful for a poster, you know, in, in Edinburgh to yeah. go well, look. This guy you might not have heard of him, but look, he did that. Yeah. So I sold out the run, the first run of that, and then the posters again they make such a difference up there. Yeah. It's, the it's, it's weird how it is because particularly at the start machine. of a run, at the end of a run, you've got a few a reviews in. You've got all stuff, yeah. so at the start of the run, if you can have that thing that makes you stand out, that. As yeah. seen on, yeah, exactly. That so makes was, people make that. It was meant to have that, and then and then it, it saw that run out, and then I went back up the next year with the. I've been getting these letters, these round robin letters from family members, and yeah, yeah. Y- 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 your first Edinburgh show is, hey, here's every bit of material I've done in my whole stand up career. Here's the best bit. Bump. It's like a best of show. Yeah. So. The second show, I was like, what the hell do I do? Like, what am I going to talk about? So I was getting these round robin letters, and I used to read them to family members. It was just from, I get, I'm sorry, I used to read them at my house. They were from family members I'd never met, and it was all about their lives, everything they'd been doing. We got them every Christmas in a Christmas card. And I was like, this is fucking mad. And that's this a is, rare tradition. That, yeah, no that one That used to that be anymore. a big thing, but well, it's, the you kind that, of hear about it. But they it. still do it, yeah. Yeah. So I had it, and I was like, and I'd read them out when people came around, and I'd read them out and take the piss out of them. But they were also quite warm as well, and there was a weird narrative across them. So me and my mate got together, and I was like, mate, your next show, you're going to have to do this. This is, this is your next show. And I was like, you're right. So I wrote it, and I think he did, and he went, you're going you're gonna to have to go and meet them. So I went yeah. and met them, and that was my second show, Affirmation it was called. Oh, wow. And the second show was this whole thing, the story about the letters, and I slagged them off, and then I begin liking them, and then at the end of the show, I, uh, I meet them. I go and meet them and I've got all of these photos around the house of, of uh, all the things I spoke about were coming up, flashing up on the screen. Amazing. And that, was the, that got nominated for the, the, the Perrier, the, the, uh, sorry, it was the Foster's Award at the time and yeah. now it's, I don't know what it is now, but it's the Edinburgh Comedy Award. I got nominated for Best Show. So in the first year, you're, nominated, you're eligible for newcomer, just off the people in the first doing the new show, but then the second year, you're the big boy league yeah. and it got nominated that year. So it was, yeah, it was amazing to get that and it was just, it's such a, I don't want to sound like I'm, but it's such a badge of honour yeah. to go, I have got 
Edinburgh Comedy Award nomination. It's no matter what telly I do, no matter what yeah. I end up doing, no matter yeah. if I'm on, you know, ITV4 getting gunged for the rest of my career, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am yeah. legitimate stand-up. You yeah. can't take that away. And yeah. it's such a such a, a beautiful thing to have. I've got it above, it's it's on a shelf on its own above me computer in the house. So when I'm writing that. anything, I look up and I go, yeah, you're all right. I love it. And it's the perfect example of, because I think comedians, it's the same with musicians. As you said there, your first show or your first album your whole life's experiences and then you've got that panic and even after your third or fourth show you'll always have that panic of have I got any more in me have I got any more stories and the reality is it's not about your stories it's about the way you interpret them you've got the ability to interpret these things yeah. in an amusing way so it's not about oh I've had all these the, or I've told all the stories of funny things that have happened to me yeah. the fact is those letters to another person yeah, yeah. wouldn't have turned into anything amusing. You've been able to look at them and go, look how ridiculous this is. Yeah. It's, it's weird because before we started, I was saying I recorded a podcast yesterday, which now will be going out next week mm-hmm. with my mum telling stories of her mum. And one of the stories that she had was as she went on like a guides camp and um, each day everyone would get a letter from their parents mm-hmm. and she never got a letter. And as she went home after and she was like, like why didn't I get a letter? And my nan was like, like you're away for three days. Yeah. Why would I send you a letter? But she's like, you've got to send me a letter. I feel stupid. Next one comes round. But again, my nan had argued, I've got nothing to say. You've been yeah. gone for three days. The next one comes round, and this is a spoiler of next week, a teaser of next week's podcast, and they're passing out the letters, and they're passing a postcard round from my mum, and people are giggling. And she gets it, and the postcard says, Dear, dear Jenny, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Love, mum. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. You've got nothing to say, but you wanted a letter. That you is beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely s- slayed Aww. me. Um, continuing on, again, I want to get as much in as we can in the time we've got. Cool. You, you mentioned uh, Russell Howard, who's on the wall here. He's got yeah, a new weird. series of Russell Howard and Mum um, coming to Comedy sorry, Central. Yeah, we're not in my house. I don't have that. We're in Comedy Central. in your house. Yeah, yeah. we're in Comedy <laughs> Central. So behind you, it was really bizarre. So behind you is the Takeshi's Castle poster on the right is a massive poster of russell howard getting his cheek squeezed by his mom and then on the left is eric cartman and stan marsh's clothes in like a 3d it's really weird it's really hard to explain isn't it because i might have to just i'm just gonna have to take a photo of it and put it on twitter because it's really such a bizarre thing it looks great though but you recognize them instantly yeah but it's their coats yeah but it's real life it's not a drawing yeah but anyway so 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 uh, it's a Russell Howard. I've I've had him on the podcast. Um, there's a connection with how I met him as to how I met you because okay. you were both people who I suddenly got tweets from people saying I'm about to watch this comedian and they're playing one of your songs before it. And Russell used to have Let From God to Man. I think it it was on. And you used yeah. to play one of my songs. No, as, I had Let From, as the, let from the, God to Man. It was the letters. The affirmation were the letters. Oh, right, Letter yeah. from God to Man was because all of the songs. Of course, that were makes perfect sense. Yeah. and your uh, obviously I know the whole song word for word, <laughs> but it, it it helped. It was like a, a vocal warm up. Right. So I right. would stand. It was called me. My venue was called Beside, and it was again. It was a porter cabin, and I was in the curtained off bit at the back in the dark. Amazing. And you know. Yeah, all the good I tried was corrupted. Well, all glass lids got full swing and all that, and it would it would make me mouth like dexterous, and it would and I could go out and I would really I'd be ready to talk. I used to. It's mad, amazing. Yeah. I love that. I feel like I'm fangirling all over your podcast. No, fangirling, no, fangirling all over your podcast. It's, it's 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 a beautiful thing because getting into music, it was a similar thing with you saying how you saw comedians as as this other thing that yeah. you aren't achievable. Getting to music made me realise that people I idolise in all these other areas 
are just people who are into stuff. I mm. met uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, who oh. I don't think I've ever told them, but I've got signed DVDs of, of Shaun of the Dead and Space from back in the day. Wow. Now they're my mates. But that came about because they had a takeover on Six Music and played yeah. played played one of our songs. So they were just into our stuff. And you realise that as a musician, I'm going to be into comedy. There's going to be tons of comedians I love. Yeah. And, and vice versa. I always remember when I did my spoken word tour, um, where we went to the dog and, and parrot, I had Polar Bear and Kate Tempest with me and I had a few dates spare. And it suddenly occurred to me, I'm a massive comedy nerd and I'd forgotten that I've got a following in a crowd. So if I'm doing a tour that's six, seven hundred cap venues, I hit up Brian Gittins, who I think yes. is one of the funniest humans oh, in the world, and said, do you fancy supporting me on this gig? Yeah. And he was up for it and it blew my mind because I'm like, I was exactly like, I'm fanboying completely. Like yeah. I've seen all your YouTube stuff. I've seen you live a load of times, but you forget that. Oh, right. That's actually a valid thing mm-hmm. th- th- that you can have this crossover and all be kind of into, yeah. into s- uh, similar things. Comedy and- support music is a, it's, it's a thing that happens quite like in America. It happens a lot, yeah. a yeah. lot, a lot, but I, a band man supported Ed Sheeran when I saw Ed Sheeran in oh, Manchester wow. once. Yeah. He was like, did the whole, you know, the what's in your pocket where you yeah. just pick stuff and out of your pockets free- and just yeah. freest- ridiculous freestyling skills. That kid is and on another level. It's a great idea because it's more appealing because the fact is, if you're there to see Ed Sheeran, that's all you're going to care about Sadly, musically. Yeah, no one cares about, yeah. The, the support act can have, and I always used to have a thing uh, when we supported, our first big support was with Mark Ronson. Wow. That was a massive deal but uh, we made sure that we had a load of stuff to give away for free because the yes. thought was no matter how much you smash that gig, they're then going to watch their favourite artist and sing along to the words. That's all they're going to remember. Whereas a comedian, that's a different thing. It's not that you're going to remember them jokes still. You're going to forget all the songs you've heard from the support act because you're going to hear Ed doing his his songs. It's like, so that's a great idea to have that mixture, to have that kind of, well, here's some comedy. It's not competing with Ed or the band you want to see or the... you're not having to, to sit there and go, I don't want to hear this song. I want to hear A-Team or whatever other song mm. you want to hear. It's like, oh, let's have a laugh to fill the gap. The whole support act thing. I, well, I supported Al Murray. That was my, sort of one of my big breaks was supporting yeah. Al Murray, the pub landlord on tour. And that taught us a lot. And it, it also, you know, it, it gave us something to aim for. Like, I want to be the guy doing these venues. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and, and now... It's like inspiration. Well, the venues, I do them venues now on this current tour, like, on, and on the last tour. So it's, it's really, like, it's... It, it's like a sort of little tick in the box for us. I'm like, oh my God, I'm at these, I, I did these with Al and now I'm doing them myself. Yeah. But you've got to win them over as the support act. Yeah. And I get really, not annoyed, but I get, I get disappointed when a crowd are annoyed that I've got a support act. So when I yeah. get call on, a call's brilliant and I only have call, you got, for me, a support act needs to make you work harder. Your support act needs to smash it. And it's why we've to... always taken like, B. Dolan and, these, and yeah. these acts that are now hugely associated Mm. with us because we had the exact same outlook it's like I don't want a local band on who might not be that good yeah. or I don't I want to look like I've got someone like a scapegoat and make me look good yeah. I want someone Completely. who's just going to bang and that's what Carl does but it's it's when people when people are like oh god this is Bort Act I don't know it, it just I don't it, understand that mentality I'm just, at all yeah I'm just like come on you're getting a free act it's fine I'm still here and you've paid and you're getting more yeah. that's the good thing I, I had this this is going to as, as, as sound like a weird link but at, at the other week and me and my missus uh, were looking through Netflix for something to watch and we came across uh, Bloodline, which I've had tons of good good recommendations of. And we looked, we thought this is meant to be amazing. The actor Ben Mandelson in it is one of my favourites. But we looked and went, oh, it's 12 episodes per series and there's three series. Let's not bother. And then I paused and went, hang on, 
what we're shying away from here is more of something good. Yeah. Like, that should be a good thing. If it's good, oh. you should want as much as possible. Yeah. So we did watch it, and it was amazing. But we had that mentality as well of, oh, that's yeah. a lot. It's like, well, no, if you're out on a night out, there's more comedy <sighs> than you expected. You should exactly. be celebrating this, and exactly. excited and cheering. See, weirdly about Netflix, we had the opposite, me and, me and my wife recently. We... Uh, I, I, I arrived very late to Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Like, I've oh, just finished it. it. Oh, my God. But I was like, we've got four series. This is amazing. We've got yeah. four series to watch. This is so much telly. Yeah. BBC, six episodes a series. Yeah, how dare I you. was furious. <laughs> I've never felt so robbed. I, mean, I was like, oh, my God, this isn't American 24 or 12. Yeah. This is a British six. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, I could have cried. Bloody good six Oh, I mean, I mean, perfect. They pack it in. Perfect. Speaking of TV. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, that is... Chris oh, Ramsey's show. So slick. I nearly fell off my chair. How, yeah. how exciting was that to get the first series? Because, again, people... There's often a pressure on comedians to go, you need to move into TV. Mm. That can be good and bad, but I would say the ideal version of that is you getting to do your own show yeah. that's what you want it to be, essentially. That's Absolutely. you, and for people who haven't watched it, essentially you and mates hanging out in a basement mm. and talking about things that have happened on the news recently and just yeah. playing games and messing about and being exactly. silly. Just fun. Yeah. yeah. So how was that to kind of go, it was we amazing. want you to do your own show and you can essentially do whatever you it, was, it feels like they've said you can yeah, do whatever you want. That's basically you know? what I mean. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's people, a lot of people involved in it and stuff. And the first series was amazing. But you know yourself, you don't want to do it just once. So I got the first series commissioned and I was like, oh, this is great. And then the, the whole thing you want the whole time is you go, I want to just do this again. I want to be able to do this. Uh, you know, I want yeah. the second series. Now it sounds greedy or ridiculous or whatever, but you just want that. But to get the Chris Ramsey show, the, the first time I saw it on the Sky Planet, I was like, oh, that is ridiculous. Yeah. And it got recorded, but the thing is, it got recorded. This is why I'm so excited about the second series because it got recorded in blocks. So we recorded it all in one go, and we pumped it out like five months after. Now, it took the shine off it slightly for me because I recorded it, my first series, my thing, my show. Recorded yeah. that, so happy, so pumped about it. Then it went into the edit, then it sat, and then in the meantime, right. I did other TV shows. Yeah. And then I came out, and I was like, "This is me, baby. This is me thing." And I kind of, I'm excited about it, but I'm kind of not as excited as I should be because it was so long ago. And you've got time to question every element oh, of it. Oh, God, don't go even get into that. It. It's it was, why I don't oh, edit the podcast because it's like, right, let's just have it as what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's it. There's no time wow. to break down every Yeah, element. of course. I, I totally agree. So this one, we'll film it on the Monday, yeah. goes out on the Wednesday, and we'll do it for great. 10 weeks. Yeah. And I'm so excited. So we've got that topicality. I get to do stand-up at the top. Yeah. I get to do my take on whatever's going on at the top. And then I get to jump in with my guests and I get to chat about things that will jump off, you know, points that I've said in the top will jump off that. uh, I've got this really exciting um, sort of angle on it where I, we've got a celebrity in in court, I'm doing court marks with my fingers. We've got a celebrity guest and we've got a comic each week. Now sometimes the celebrity's a comic and the comic's a celebrity, you know, but that's the kind of what we're going through. And I'm going to ask, basically the whole interview is going to be me setting up the interview for the celebrity as a quiz for the comedian. Right. Does that make sense? It. So yeah, it'll be yeah, like, yeah. Pip, right, uh, you've got, you know, you've got uh, Tom Davis from Murdering Successful yeah. sitting next to you. Um, how many times do you think he's done X, Y, Z in his life? So they'll each fill out a questionnaire beforehand so we'll know all the research about them. Amazing. And the, 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 so that, do you get what I mean? So the, yeah. the, the interview will be involving both of them. Yeah. And it'll be, and it'll be, we'll spin games off that and it'll be, you and know. And that's far more interesting than just the typical 
yeah. topical show well, of, and, and, all right, how, how's, how's yeah. it been working on this? And obviously, you know, we're not the Graham Norton show. We're not going to yeah. have yeah. Chris Pratt. And, you know, yeah. I mean, we, your, your podcast lineup, we're not going to have these yeah. massive things. Because, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not delusional. Yeah. So, but we're, what we do have is we've got some amazing up-and-coming comics. We've got some amazing established comics. And we've got some, Tom, Tom Davis from Murder Successful yeah. is actually, on, he's going to be on the he's show. right. He's been Zamble's on the podcast. Be on the show. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Gus yeah. Khan, who you just mentioned, yep, is going to yep. be on the show. Desiree Birch is going to be on the show. Yep. Um, so, that just getting to chat to them and getting them to just have their take on everything. And have their, not just their take on everything, but their take on each other. It's yeah. always uh, going to be great to work with. And you know? what I like about that, and I felt there was the the vibe of it in the first series anyway, even yeah. though it wasn't live, live kind yeah, of thing, because yeah, yeah. there was how much time in it. It had the vibe of this could go good or it could go bad. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It yeah, had yeah. that freedom of, of this, uh, yeah. it, and not in a bad way. That means no, no, it could be hit or miss. That, yeah. You've got that option of it Absolutely. being hit or miss, cause, but that's... The, that's what you have to throw out there to get the real hits. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's like freestyling. Of course, yeah. A, a, a written vocal is going to be more complex, but when a freestyle nails it, yeah. there's nothing more exciting. Well, you know, yeah. so it's, it's it's that kind of feel. It's that feel of it's going to have that natural flow. You've got all the elements in there. You've got, essentially, good guests. So it's yeah. going to be good regardless. But it means that because of the freedom of it, yeah. when that hits, that... Well, hits. yeah, we're not going to sort of um, we're going to talk bleh, dial it down a little bit from the first series in in terms of the daft things we did and the wind up kind of things yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. I'm going a little bit more. I'm getting a bit of the clutter moved from the set. I'm wearing a shirt. Nice. We're going a little bit more. Not you know, we're not on a big set or anything. Right? We're still in the basement. We've still got sofas. We're still chatting. Yeah. But I'm going a little bit more grown up. A little bit more, you know, more about the sort of the comedy because we have got that topical element of we can yeah. anything that's happened we can explore it and I can do stand up and it's and know, again it's like it's coming full circle now because it's like what we were saying about travelling and getting experience means you can analyse yourself a bit better you've probably analysed the first series more than anyone else in the world has so there's going to be bits that you're like you know what I don't know if that that works or I do think that works so we need more of this and less of that uh, that's why shows it should change it's why it annoys me when people get, get angry with a band changes slightly it's like yeah. well they've done the first record you've got that that's not going anywhere yeah. my argument is always they've not b- 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 burnt their new album over your last over your copy yeah. of their first album they've you've not still done got a reverse that. U2 so, with yeah, their phone and exa- top it off exactly so yeah. it's kind of that's exciting that it's going to have that development are you also doing a few jumping on a few press junkets and stuff like yeah, that that's what I'm really uh, have you done that excited? before no I'm excited and scared about I it. love them they're a weird beast I only started yeah. doing press junkets in the last year because originally because I like a bit of time and I like it to be relaxed mm-hmm. I'd said no and then I was, I was offered James McAvoy and I like him a lot and I said I'll take him if I can have an hour kind of thing mm-hmm. and that's what I've done I've, I've had James McAvoy it's where wow. a lot of the big names Michael Fassbender and Eddie Izzard and a few of them we're all on press junkets, but it's the beauty of I'm kind of a dick in that I can turn, I'll, I'll happily say, oh, if you can't give me the time, I'll leave it. Like, yeah. No matter how big the star is, that's what this show is. It's I an extended like it. interview. So oh, there's been man. some huge names well, that they've said, weird. oh, we can only give you 20. And I've been like, that's cool. I'll leave it. Because yeah. there's, again, a 20 minute slot is better for a comedian or for yeah. someone who's doing it as a segment on yeah, their show. Yeah, so yeah. it's never me being a snob. It's like, no, you've got better. People can do that better than me. I'm not capable yeah. of a 20-minute slot. I've got a stutter. That's 10 minutes of questions. Um, so, it's, so it's just not going to work out. But So what's your kind of thought and outlook on that? And have you planned w- what your approach is going to be? Because 
some of the best press junket bits have been when the comedians have been completely irreverent, but mm. you're not really that kind of dude. Yeah, I'm not, I can't I'm not see you being rude to people. Exactly. No, of course I can't not. I s- see I'm... that as you. But then equally, you, I can't see you getting excited about thinking, I'm going to go in and ask the same questions because you've done press junkets. Yeah, I've done them. The same questions everyone's going to ask. I'm hoping, right? I'm hoping that maybe I'll be able to offer them a fresh outlook on a press junket conversation because I get the same questions all yeah. the time you know today obviously the reason I've been looking forward to this all day is because we've been talking about very different things yeah. but I get because there's only so many things you can ask but if the one I, I did film and media I know about movies yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a movie nerd yeah. you know I, I mean I've got a kid now so I don't watch as many as I'd like to um, but train time's always used uh, uh, sparingly and yeah, well of course. so I basically I, I ho- I'm hoping that I'll have a little bit of a kind of insider knowledge to go look I know what'll bore them and I know what won't but I just want it to be fun. I want it to be funny. I want them to be, you know, I want them, this is going to sound really weird. I don't want to be told off by anyone and I don't want anyone to be a dick. Yeah. Is that weird? I don't no, want anyone to be like, not yeah, I'm not doing that. I've, I've had people before complain about the podcast saying, oh you, oh, you never really go after people or whatever. It's like, it's because I'm in charge of it. I pick people I want to have a conversation with yeah. and we have a nice conversation. In general, there's never arguments and disagreements because... Yeah, yeah. I'm not interested now. I have to, to do this, this for a living. I don't want to argue. Yeah. I've seen how broken the, the the reporters or whoever are who their whole thing is arguing with people and yeah. getting... It's like, oh, it's not a nice way to live your life. Yeah, but that's the only thing. I'm really excited. I'm, you know, I'm genuinely totally fanboying over some of the potential people we're going to chat to. Yeah. But again, at the same time, I don't want to... Uh, I just don't want anyone to be like... Yeah, no, we're not doing that. Oh, yeah, this is bullshit. Can you yeah. go? You know what I mean? Because it'll, it'll fucking it. kill us. Again, I love it because you're a f- because you're a film fan. Yeah. Uh, when I had Fassbender on, I had one person t- t- tweet me saying, "I didn't enjoy that. Like, you didn't talk anything about like his banter or what he gets up to or things like that. You talked all about analytical parts of films. Like, it's because I'm a film nerd yeah. and I love his films. And I had f- I had 45 minutes to pick the brain of someone that? I idolise. And I was like, I was excited. I don't. Yeah. I did. I asked him what he gets out in his spare time and he'd been racing a lot of cars. I don't give a shit about cars. So I was like, all right, back to hunger. How was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cool, enjoy your cars, but let's get back to the exciting stuff. So it is exciting to get to, if you're into films and into Mm. that kind of world. You don't get to watch the films early. That's the best bit. I go to... I'm sure you've watched it. Aye. I love getting to go to screenings and, Mm. and, and shit like that. I nerd out. Everyone else is in there taking notes. I'm like... Yeah. Don't have to take notes. I'm just here to watch it and then maybe talk to them in a month's time. It's Amazing. it's golden. Um, well, I'll start to wrap things up, but I've left the most important question till last. How has it been for you being born on August 3rd? Because um, we're both August 3rd birthday boys. You, me, and Stevie yeah, Graham. Is, yeah. it's, it, there's getting more and more, but I only remember you, you me, and Stephen Graham are both, yeah. we've all got the same birthday. August um, 3rd. Massive. It's a good birthday, right? It's, it, it, it's, I just mean, the stu- it's just as summer's getting going. It's, yeah. it's, it's not in the middle of the summer holidays. I was on holiday a lot for my birthdays when yeah. I was younger. Costa del Sol and that, and Alcudia and stuff. Oh, look at you. you know? yeah. Summer's doing well. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> working class places <laughs> anyone can go to um, yeah so I remember like I always remember being really magically uh, blown away by the fact that my mum uh, managed to transport me birthday present in the suitcase and I never saw amazing that, you know what I mean I was amazing, like I was yeah. always like how, how did you get you like a Santa that? moment you know what I mean that's brilliant but yeah um, you, do you know what I didn't know this um, you know you have to be uh, a little bit more intelligent if you're born later on in the year because you're a few uh, educational months behind everyone else in your year of development. Yeah. 
So when school first starts, when you're younger, younger, yeah. if you're sort of nine, ten months younger than someone else in your cut, they've got nine, ten months more of childhood development yeah. than you. Because that was it. You're so always you the up. younger in the year if yeah. you're August. I know for a fact, because yeah. we've the exact same day. Yeah, you're one of the younger than in the year that... Yeah, yeah, I was so the I last one, uh, last one uh, to be able to drink. I was the last one to be able to go and see 15 films. I was definitely the last one. Uh, 15 uh, certificate films, yeah. not 15, yeah. 12 here came, yeah. 15, 15 films, films yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. Just exact go, yeah. films. One a year. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, it was it's, I, I never got into pubs early or anything. Yeah. I never did. So I, I was literally... It was until I had an ID. That was when I had the confidence to actually get in. So yeah, I mi- missed out on stuff with friends and that, but and lasted... Oh, man... I was the last one at the bus stop in college. Yeah. I was the last one to get a car, the last one to do the thing. But, you know, it's character building. So there's the one kid f- from the year yeah. above still getting the bus into yeah. college. Yeah, oh. just absolutely gutted about me. Um, gutted, jealous of me mate Citroen Saxo. You know, <laughs> he's driving past the bus stop, giving us the finger. I'm Amazing. like, oh, I wish I had a Citroen Saxo. So... As, as, so I'll wrap things up on just what's ahead. Like what's what's the plan? You've got touring yeah. coming up because again, sure. b- when you tour, it's often straight after the TV really show long. This time. Yeah. yeah. So is it is it a long run this time? Because again, how does that change when you've got a family now? Oh, Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, he's two, my son. Uh, Amazing. And it's just uh, it's just harder, really. You just yeah. feel like I, I, um, I FaceTime him and that, and you know, it's it's I'm proper like becoming a dad has made me cry a lot. More yeah. At stuff. Yeah. Like oh my god! Like you mentioned Stephen Green, that's Steve, you know the thing he did, the little boy blue. That um, yeah. I couldn't watch it, man. Heartbreaking, I couldn't watch it. wasn't it? Yeah, I had, I'm not joking. I, it was. I, I love him. I think he's a fantastic actor, and I, I, I had to turn it off. Yeah. The woman comes out of the of the of the ER, of the uh, the, uh, the emergency room. She comes out, and you know the moment right at the beginning when she yeah. says, "Oh, um, you have to go in there and talk to them because they're saying that he's dead." Yeah. I was. In floods of tears, tragic, and it's brutal, I, I right? I mean, obviously, the true—it's a true story, and it's—it's it's the worst. It's yeah. one of the worst stories yeah. we've had. Yeah. You know, it's up there with them all. Um, and it's—it's—it's. It's, it's, I'm softer. I'm a—I'm a big bag of soft. I'm a big bottle of water since having a kid. I am, um, and I miss them like crazy. And yeah. I miss the whole. I miss them all. I'm not going to see them until. Obviously, we're recording this now on on, on Monday. I was I came down Saturday night. I'll not see yeah. it until Friday when I go home, yeah. and that'll be one of the longest stints. And it's 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 horrible. Yeah. During the tour, uh, he's going away on holiday with um, my wife and my mum and dad, and I'm away for a week. Then they go away for a week. Then I'm away for the week after. So I've deliberately I'm going to Cyprus for one night to see them because <laughs> I can't have two weeks without seeing them. That's so I'm going to Cyprus. I'm literally I finish on oh, our two nights, but I go to. Uh, I do Birmingham, and then from Birmingham I go to Heathrow. After they hit Birmingham, I go straight to Heathrow. I fly from Heathrow in the morning straight to Cyprus. I've got two nights in Cyprus. Then I fly back to Gatwick, and then I land in Gatwick at three o'clock. And then I've got to go up to Peterborough and do my gig in Peterborough. Amazing. Literally straight away, because just because I can't have t- I can't have two weeks without saying it. It's making it work though, and it's showing that it is possible to uh, to make these these yeah. the, these things work. As Last night, I saw a tweet from Jim Smallman, yeah. who we mentioned earlier, and he's been on tour all week, and he literally just tweeted saying, I've just got home, and it is taking every bit of will in my body to not go and wake up my child just to see him, because I've not, not seen him for a week, and he's oh like, my God. if I do it, my wife will kill me, because yeah. she's been looking after him all week, and, oh. <laughs> and she'd had enough of him, but... Yeah. um yeah, that that kind of, but that I guess that makes it all the more pr- 
precious time and all the more exciting. Not that it wouldn't be anyway, but when yeah. you've got to go off and do these things, it means that you've got those moments of, of, of reunion, of coming yeah. back together. Well, we had Daddy Day on Saturday because I was going away and my wife was uh, out rehearsing a show. So we had Daddy Day all day Saturday, me and him. Yeah. And it was just the whole time. It was just magic. It was, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> it was one of the best days of my life. Amazing. Uh, and it was just me and my son at the beach and I, I bought my new little balance bike thing and we went to the beach and then we went and had some ice cream and then we went home and we, we played in the garden and then he just sat, I sat, I was packing my bag and I, he sat on an iPad playing on little games, the CBBS app games yeah. and I sat on my eye and it was just, oh, honestly, I li- sit looking at photos of him and stuff and the make you, having kids just makes you so emotional, man. It's crazy, yeah. it changes you, but for the better. I think I have to just, just stay away from it. I'm doing, I'm doing, there's a, there's a podcast called Hardcore Listing which is on, mm. on my little network and loads of good comedians have been on and, they pick their top five of anything, mm. and it's their one the one year anniversary, and they're coming on my podcast mm. to do a top five, and I've got to pick one. And I think it's going to be out in a couple of weeks. I think I've picked. I'm going to do my top five songs that make me cry. Wow! And preparing the list has had me in tears. I was, wow! I was telling my mum two of the songs last night, and I was crying talking to her about the lyrics. I'm like, oh. I, I, but I think that's going to be an amazing podcast because it's going to be yeah. three dudes sitting around crying a lot yeah but okay with it and we'll dig each other out because we're mates but i think that's a great thing i'm super excited about it as a podcast men crying on because i know that a lot more that for the the generation yeah these particular songs i'm not gonna be able to talk about them yeah i'll tell you without getting choked this is yeah this is your michael Caine moment you know when michael Caine was on parkinson parkinson said what is it you think of that makes you cry and he thought of it and immediately started crying you're banging at your acting now. Amazing, yeah. There it is. There There's is your moment. You've got five song. possible songs. Got that five, you literally five options and action. To Just do up. the lyrics in your head. <laughs> Just see me mumbling. Go on. <laughs> And he's crying on cue. This guy's amazing. <laughs> they've, 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 they've gone action and they can just hear him mumbling under them. <laughs> I need to get to the chorus. Hang on, it's the chorus that's sad. <laughs> so anyway, so the, the Chris Ramsey show is going to be every Wednesday on Comedy Central. Is it 10 a 9? 10, 10, 10 p.m. Yeah, Comedy Central. And this, it starts on Wednesday the 28th, which yes. is when this will go out and be every week. So can't wait to watch it all. Thank and you thank me. you very much. For, and the tour will be coming afterwards. Straight and you're after on Twitter that, yeah. and everything else. ChrisRamseyComedy.com for tickets, but yeah. Easy to find. Thank you very much, man. I'm glad we made it happen at last. I've enjoyed it so much, but I'll be honest with you, I'm so desperate for a wee, I'm almost being sick. Go and have a wee, mate. Love you. Bye. You've been listening to Scrooge Picks. There we go, that was Chris Ramsey, and as you can see, that was just two mates catching up and having a lovely old chat. Um, I hope I didn't talk over him too much. I know on the ones where I'm particularly excited to catch up with someone, I get rambly. I don't think that was the case in this one. I think it was alright. I think we took it in turns politely and laughed a lot and paused a lot so yeah that should be all good thank you for tuning in um as said next week really special episode where i'm just sitting down with my mum and getting her to tell stories about her mum her mum inspired the only song i've ever written that's 100 percent a true story in general i draw from experiences and make a fictional story the only story i've ever told that's true was a story about my mum's mum so you're going to enjoy next week i think so until then have a good one and i'll talk to you later ta-ta